Hey, I'm Mary Ellen Dance, licensed mental health counselor and owner of Pittsburgh Therapy. I'm on a mission to strip away the stigmas surrounding therapy and mental health and talk about how we can use the culture of self-improvement for our benefit rather than our demise. I used to think I was doing life all wrong, from getting fired from a dream job to advising clients on relationships while I myself was trying to sort through that dumpster fire. But then I realized my imperfections are what made me a good therapist. So join me on a journey not to be perfect, but to be, well, okay-ish. Welcome. Your session has now started. Good morning. Happy Monday. I'm so excited that you're here with me. I'm always excited that you're here with me. But today I have a guest on. Her name is Brianna. She's known as Simply Social Work. So if you want to look for her on social media, her website is Simply Social Work. Brianna is a registered social worker and she works in Ontario. She works with individuals, couples, families, groups, but she also does some work with organizations like she's worked with Google Toronto, which is pretty badass. So Brianna is really, really passionate about making mental health more accessible, educating teaching others what they need, how to get the resources they need, all of those things. She also doesn't love toxic positivity, so her and I can relate on that. But today, we are talking about going back to school. And even if you're not going back to school or if you don't have kids going back to school, there's something new and different about September. Maybe I've just been in school too long that I feel that way, but I always feel like there's kind of like a fresh start in September. And so we're talking about how to manage that, you know, how to keep ourselves okay when the seasons both like physically and metaphorically are changing in our lives. So I'm so excited for you to listen. Okay. I'm so excited to talk to you, Brianna. Thank you so much for being here with us. Thank you so much for having me. I'm I'm really excited about talking about this. Well, this was your idea to talk about. So everyone knows Brianna came to me and was like, we need to talk about like going back to school. <laughs> and I'm like, you know what? As someone who in their mind, it's still May. I'm like, yeah, I need to talk about that for myself. Mm-hmm. And I'm both a professional and I just started grad school and it snuck up on me all of a sudden everyone's like oh so you're starting next week and I'm like uh no it's summer yeah like that got summer to do left (laughs) so if you're listening to this and you don't have kids in school or you don't work in a school or a teacher things like that it's still important because I feel like the fall is kind of a fresh start you know a lot of companies the end of their fiscal year will be in the fall like things like Mm -hmm. that and so life just changes come September it just does again whether you have kids or not so what are things that you have seen that don't work with this change of season that people try to do that like just just don't work (laughs) Oh my gosh. I think probably the biggest one, and I've been guilty of it too, is I like what you said too. This isn't just for if you're in school, if you have kids in school, this is really this change of season. It's almost a life transition. And I think what I see the most is people use it as an excuse to sort of overhaul their whole life, right? The start of school, I'm going to have a whole new morning routine. (laughs) I'm going to eat better. I'm going to change everything right now. 
<laughs> I feel like it's like September and January mm-hmm. <laughs> where I'm curious. I know the statistics for like gym memberships in January, but I'm wondering if the same thing happens in September too, just because I mean, now I teach and I grew up, both my parents were teachers, but still in my mind, the year is September to September, not oh, same. January. <laughs> same. I don't have kids and I was out of school after graduating from my undergrad and I still, I'm like, oh, it's a new year, new year, new me. And it's like, no, it's, it's actually like the same year <laughs> and the same me. So I see that too. And I see a lot of people, especially with kids say, okay, we're going to have this morning routine. We know what we did last year. We know what didn't work last year. So we're going to start fresh. And sometimes maybe some of those things are going to work, but I feel like a lot of times those things don't work. And then what I see a lot of is, okay, I was going to get ahead. I was going to start this. My, my kids were going to do this new routine. We were going to get to school early, da, da, da. And then of course, like second day of school, like everyone's running late and like no one has their shoes on and stuff like that. So from my perspective, like another really, really big thing that we want to be aware of is just like not setting ourselves up for failure. And mm-hmm. when we don't do that new routine, like that's also okay. <laughs> right. It can't be, you have to do that new routine every day flawlessly as you planned or it didn't work, get rid of it, never do it again. In order to make routines, I've been victim to this so many times of like, I try to make a routine before I start something. So like, I can't figure out what's going to work for me until I try different things and see what works for me. Like I've done that when I've gone into new jobs. I'm like, okay, with this new job, I'm going to do this and this and this. And it's like, mm-hmm. well, I don't really know until I'm actually in it and can see what I need, what I don't need, what's going to work. Exactly. And there is benefit to starting early, but I think you see that advice online and it gets taken out of context a little bit. Like you said, if you've done it before, you know what helps you. Say it's you're between, you were in school last year, you're in school this year. There's benefit to starting early for say waking up. Mm-hmm. If you've been waking up at like 11 all summer and you got to be in class for nine, you can try to start ahead to change that a little bit, but exactly like you said, you don't know what life is actually going to look like until you're in that moment. And a question I tend to ask when I see people or see clients starting to come up with their, you know, back to school plans, is that your back to school plan or your routine, or is that your ideal self's routine? Is that actually you? Love that. And do you think there's a benefit to exploring the ideal self routine? I definitely think so. There's times where if I have all of my stuff put together, today's not that day, but if it was, there's certain things that my ideal self, say mindfulness, journaling, there can be a whole routine in there. And I feel great that day, but I wouldn't know that until I explored it. But also through exploration, you find the things that don't work for you in the morning. And well, you and can't I think- know that until you do both. I agree. And I think we also have to give ourselves grace. Like if something doesn't work for us in the morning, that's okay. Like that's Mm -hmm. totally okay. I, I absolutely can't stand those things I see on Instagram. That's like how to wake up at 5am and change your life. And it's like, maybe that works for some people. I can tell you right now, that's not going to work for me. It would change my life, but in no positive way. (laughs) Me before six is not positive in any. And I tried that. I had a job at one point where I had to be at work for seven Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is the moment we're going to do that. And it was miserable. And I did all the nice things, all the that girl routine things. Yeah. And by the time I got to work, I was like, this day needs to be over. I don't want to do this. I'm done. I'm done. So what do we think? Obviously, I'm the type of person that I don't like to go into things unprepared. So I can know all day that, you know, 
okay, things might change. I have to be flexible. I have to see what works for me. But also some of the excitement of starting a new season is getting prepared. So like, what do you suggest that we do to like get prepared to start off strong for lack of a better term to start off like excited and all of that without kind of setting ourselves up for failure? I think that's exactly, I think you put it really well, right? We'd set ourselves up for success and there is planning back to school shopping. I know when I was a kid, it was like the best time to shop personally, loved it. You got to pick everything out. I think I know what I tend to do. And I did even for myself going into grad school while still trying to work, because that's going to be a huge transition yeah. is I was really honest and re- really realistic. I actually, I looked at what are the time constraints? What are the expectations? What do I even need to be preparing for? Wow. That's really, really helpful. I think I have found that with me, like I always use the example of the gym. If I try to say, okay, I'm going to go to the gym Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I'm going to fail. And then I'm going to say, F it, I'm not going to the gym at all. So Mm -hmm. like one thing that I try to do is like kind of prioritize things like, okay, here's my priorities. Like I have to go to work. (laughs) I have to go to school. I have to, you know, feed my, I don't have children, but like (laughs) hypothetical person, like I have to feed my children and like things like that. Okay. If I have time, if it feels right to me, it feels good to me. Can I add in the gym here or there? And maybe that doesn't work for other people, but I think that like being realistic, like for me, I know that scheduling myself like that isn't going to work, but maybe looking at, can I add this in? Can I prioritize this on this day? But also giving myself the grace to say, today's not going to work and that's, that's okay. Exactly. And then when you have that realistic picture, then exactly like you said, you can kind of lean into, okay, this is the ideal. I'd like to go to the gym, but looking at your actual day, if I arbitrarily say Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and every Wednesday I have the busiest work day, this is my busiest day. Wednesday's not happening. And I know that for myself, but then you can also maybe plan ahead as well and go, okay, if that's my ideal, then maybe the gym isn't as much an option, but what else can I do to say, move my body that day in some way? Okay. Kind of think about some alternatives because the gym is not the only way to be healthy or the only way to move your body, but it's clearly something if you're thinking about that you're wanting to continue or wanting to do more of. So we're talking about the gym, but earlier you mentioned meditation, journaling. What's like, and I hate the term self-care, like anyone who knows me knows that I hate the term self-care, but for lack of a better term, like what are realistic self-care strategies? I super agree. And it's so funny. Every time, the first time I mentioned self-care with my clients as a therapist, I see the cringe and I'm like, just hang on, just, just hear me out, hear me out. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> because self-care is not just like bubble baths and no you always envision like the fluffy robe and like the, the well, tea and the face mask and like that's not that's not realistic that's not it and like baths make me feel weird I always get out of baths and I'm really hot I don't like baths but it's funny I say I hate the term self-care but I feel like my definition of self-care what we've talked before this, your definition of self-care, like we both agree with that. Mm -hmm. I think my more appropriate thing to say is I hate what people think self-care is. (laughs) Yes. They think it has to be this big carved out time for yourself. I am promoting carve out time for yourself a hundred percent, but that's not the only version of self-care. 
And I know it can also look different if you have a little bit of neurodivergence, something like ADHD. So with self-care, it can be something small, something like bribing yourself. If I want to or need to know that I have to wake up earlier than is easy for me and it's something I always struggle with no matter what, then maybe maybe I can add something to that. Okay, I have to get up and that sucks, but maybe I can go out of my way or treat myself to say my my favorite latte, which I normally don't get. Mm-hmm. That is totally self-care. Yeah. Having a meal that you enjoy, putting on your favorite outfit, those are all really small acts of self-care and you can absolutely incorporate them into your day as much as you can. And I don't think we talk about that side of self-care enough, the little, little things. So this is just, I'm going to share my biggest form of self-care. I'm just realizing this as you're talking (laughs) is I have an old school coffee pot and my biggest form of self-care is getting the coffee pot ready the night before. Because when I wake up and all I have to do is hit the button, it like sets me up for success. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm like just realizing this. I'm like, yeah, that's a good thing. And that's such a huge thing of self-care is what can tonight you do for tomorrow morning you. Right, right. Or you might be listening to this and you think like mornings are like my jam. I got this. I have a couple of friends who do everything in the mornings. So reverse that. Where is an area you struggle? If it's say you know that your three o'clock crash where you're going to have to still do some studying. What can you, when you're in a better place and you have that energy do to sort of set later you up for Mm -hmm. success? and that is maybe putting your outfit out the night before starting the coffee maker or getting it ready the night before. Maybe there's some form of meal that you've made in advance. So when you're thinking, I'm just exhausted and maybe your goal is to be a little bit healthier or, you know, using those brain foods during school, Mm -hmm. maybe having those just ready to go. So all you have to do is grab them. So you don't have to kind of talk yourself out of, well, I'd have to like prepare it and I'd have to do all that. And I don't really have time for that, which is realistic. We don't often. I think another thing as we're talking about like preparing food and stuff like that, it's just reminding me that we forget to take care of ourselves in like the most basic form. Like I, you know, the college students I teach, they stop eating, they stop drinking water. They don't stop eating, but they stop eating regularly. They stop drinking water. They're not sleeping. Mm -hmm. Like we need to do those things. And one of the things that like drives me the most wild is when people say, I don't have time, I don't have time to do that. And that's just, that's bullshit. Like that is absolute bullshit. I actually know someone who is going to school to be a PA. I don't remember what year she is, but basically everyone has told her that this upcoming year is the worst and everyone, previous students, advisors, things like that have been telling her like, Oh, you know, say goodbye to a social life, say goodbye to eating, say goodbye to sleeping. Like you're lucky Mm -hmm. if you eat two dinners a week. And I'm like, that is complete, but that's just adding to the stress culture. Like you eating two dinners a week is unhealthy, unsafe, and not going to help you do well in school. (laughs) Exactly. There's that whole narrative, right? Of your whole student life where you eat, like you said, maybe two dinners. And that's probably like ramen in one hand with like a textbook open in the other. There's this whole image. And we absolutely, do we look like we have the time? Maybe not, but that's when we need to make time or incorporate. But we have 24 hours in our day. We can find five minutes in that 24 hours. Absolutely. So this person that I know, she wasn't stressed about the school year, but now she is because she's surrounded by the stress. So I think that's another thing. We are in this culture of like, 
you know, like let's compete as to see who's busier kind of thing. Oh, hustle culture. How busy are you? And so like, I have been telling her like, oh my gosh, do not fall into it. If everyone is talking about how much they're stressed about a test and you're not stressed about it, that doesn't mean you're doing something wrong. That probably means you have a good work ethic and you know how to study and like, being stressed about the test isn't going to make you do better on the test. Like, it's not like this competition of who's the most stressed. And I feel like we have to be translate. Absolutely. Whether we're students, parents, whatever, I feel like we have to be really aware of that. I see a lot of parents who, again, to no fault of their own, I think it's just the culture that we live in doing like the, the who's busier. You don't get a badge of honor. Sometimes being busy is not great. So I think that that's a really, really important piece to remember. For sure. And the culture of it is so true. I can relate to your friend going into my grad program. It was a week. We had a a week-long intensive, which was its own stress in and of itself. And (laughs) they were starting already with this is, it was, they were starting already with, you know, this is like, you're taking on a lot. This is going to be so big. And it's like, I am. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that that has to become my whole life for the next year it's not just no it wouldn't be eat sleep study it's not just sort of sleep study work sort of sleep (laughs) that's terrible right that that I wouldn't no I wouldn't want to do that well and I don't want people to encourage that because you know if you're in school if you're working hopefully we want to be good at that and we want to be doing good work and we want to be doing you know like these positive things and we're I'm a monster when I'm tired. I'm not a monster when I'm tired. I'm a puddle when I'm tired. When I'm tired, I just fall apart. (laughs) I'm a monster when I'm hungry. So I've learned that that cannot be something I cut out. (laughs) Okay, so previous recording, you mentioned that there's some stigmas or like common fears. And that kind of goes into what we're talking about here with like, school has to become our whole life. We're not going to eat. We're not going to sleep, you know. Once my kids go back to school, like it's just going to be, I'm just going to be an Uber driver at that point. And I'm not going to, you know, have any time to breathe. Like, how do we kind of like debunk those? I think first and foremost, I think it comes back to what you were saying earlier with expectations. And I think our school system has no shade to educators. I think it's sort of a more of a broader systemic thing, but we have this expectation of 110% Mm. of every kid should aim for A's. Mm-hmm. you know, if you get 90, where's the other 10%? Mm-hmm. And I speak from experience. I academically do very well. And I've always been an over high achiever. And that pressure, that expectation of if I'm going to school, I have to do it perfect, Ugh. which is so frustrating. Because if you look at and I encourage anyone to do this, look at your actual rubric, anything above like a 70 university programs are 75, anything above that like 70, 80 range means that you've learned what you were supposed to learn. Yeah. And that's the point. The point of school is to learn. If you're getting 100%, then you're wasting your time because that theoretically means that you already know everything. Well, and I think it's quite honestly not realistic because I talk to students about this a lot. The students that get a 92 and are really upset about it, I talk to them about, okay, what happens when you're in a job and you mess up? Because you will, Uh like you just will. We are humans. Everyone will mess up. Everyone will make a mistake. There will always be an oversight, whatever. And I think that we are lacking a tolerance of that. Not that we want to say like, yeah, go ahead, mess up. But 
I see students that get 92s that are in a panic over it. And that's not a healthy way to be. We need a tolerance to, do we always want to do our best? Absolutely. Are we always going to do our best? No. <laughs> Can we always exactly. strive for that? Yes. <laughs> exactly. But then if they have that expectation of, I need to get 95 perfect, the best grade I can on every single test, my study habits versus the sort of good enough student habits are going to look really different. Mm -hmm. And then that fear, that stigma of I maybe don't belong in this program or I'm not going to graduate or I'm not smart. Those things then start to eat at us. And that's when we dip into unhealthy territory. Yeah. That's when it goes into the mindset of I'm not smart. I'm not good enough. And if we all did this, like just comparing school to jobs. If we all did this at a job, and I'm sure I'm sure we do, I know I have in the past, but comparing yourself to other people, oh, you know, I'm producing more than they are, they're doing better, they got this promotion and I didn't. Like those are hard things. Those mm -hmm. are hard things, but those are also real life things. Not everyone can get a promotion all the time. And right, so someone will get promoted before you. Someone maybe will get more productivity more results yeah. that month than than you have and that doesn't mean that you're not in the right job or I mean maybe it does but like that doesn't necessarily mean I think when these things happen we've been kind of trained to think oh this is bad and it's like no it's not bad this is just how it is right now so in college I studied psychology and part of studying psychology for those of you who don't know is you have to take some statistics classes because oh, of okay. you know research and things like that I'm dreading I, I'm dreading one thing about grad school. It's the fact there's another stats course. So here's the thing. I was and always have been a good student, a student, always have been in college. I have never studied more. I have never worked harder in a stats class. And my first stats class, I got a C plus. And I was so Jeez. fucking proud of myself because I know I did my best. Like I worked hard. I studied. Mm -hmm. I, oh my gosh. My teacher probably hated me. I was at his office hours like all the time and I got a C plus and I was like, you know what? Great. All right. <laughs> and that's so true. When I'm talking from setting expectations, I struggle with that. Anyone who knows me that listens to this is going to laugh at me because I am the person that has had unhealthy study habits and has the really good grades. And in my undergrad, we had to take a stats and almost same thing. I got a 60 and like cried of happiness because I am not a math girl. I am not in any way, shape or form a math girl. So that was the one time that yeah. I was like this because my goal wasn't to get an A in that class. Yeah. That was not happening. My goal was to pass. Well, and I, I passed. Think I'm glad you brought up the word goal because I think it's important to recognize that with different things, we're going to have different goals. For sure. When we start this new season of September, whether it's our kids going back to school, us going back to school, just kind of a new season with work, whatever it may be, recognizing that our goals are going to look different. And if our goals are to be perfect in everything, let's revise our goals because that's not realistic. And that's just going to make us feel like crap. For sure. And as different seasons change, sometimes you have to put things to the side for a while. Yeah. This isn't to be conflicted with the same thing as I don't have time. So mm -hmm. the thing that's going to the side is self-care or spending time with family. It's not. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love that. I love that. Okay. So we like to do a segment on here called anti-therapy therapy. Anti-therapy therapy segment is kind of all about what people wouldn't expect a therapist to say. I say things all the time that people are that. like, how did you say that you're a therapist? You're not supposed to say that. And I'm like, too bad. That's what I said. <laughs> so like, what is your anti-therapy therapy 
I don't want to use the word advice, but anti-therapy therapy kind of statement thoughts about this whole topic. I love this segment because so often, whether it be clients or people, they'll be like, oh, well, you're a therapist, so you think Ugh. X. And I'm like, man, I would hate to live that way. I don't know what therapist you're talking to, but like <laughs> find another one. Okay, I'm like, totally, oh, no, I don't have one. <laughs> I'm totally diverting you, but do you get, like, if you're struggling with something, do you get people who are like, well, what would you tell a client? Because that makes me irate all the time I'm just like this isn't about my client this is about me right first of all and second of all I don't know because I'm not in my client's brain I always say that I'm like I don't know I'm like I I think sometimes people think that we have this like script and I'm like I don't know what I would tell a client plus I'm not my client I'm me I'm really biased when it comes to me exactly also I might not say anything and then they might figure that out on their own. So I can't, I'm stuck. Right. Anyways, I'm sorry. Okay. Okay. Anti-therapy therapy. (laughs) Anti-therapy therapy. therapy. When it comes to this, and it's something I'm working on a lot right now, I think a lot of the times I have clients maybe starting with, okay, so it's back to school. So like, I guess we have to like figure out my routine and like how I'm going to stick to it. And I'm like, no, (laughs) I don't believe that you have to going into the school year, develop this carefully curated, really strict routine. And you have to schedule all of your days and you have to stick to that. I don't think that works. If there's a kind of a small percentage of people I see where that structure is beneficial, but that rigidity is never going to benefit you because life doesn't care. Life is not rigid. Life doesn't look at your your planner and go, oh no, she has gym four to 5 p.m. So we're not going to throw her curveball. Oh my gosh, I absolutely love that. Life doesn't care. It does. I'm going to use that. too chaotic. Please do. Life is too chaotic. And if we hold ourselves to this, you know, I have to stick to a structure. And especially currently, many of us, my program's online. Mm -hmm. We can give advice. We can give things that tend to be helpful, like dressing for success that day. Those are all things that can help your mindset. You don't have to do all of those every single day. It's not going to help. Try to do everything at once. I love that. I love that. I think my anti-therapy therapy therapy, uh, advice for today is similar to yours, but to not be prepared. Yes, we want to be prepared and, you know, we don't want to show up to work like in sweatpants, but like being overly prepared for something that we don't know how it's going to pan out is just going to make us feel like a disappointment right? Like if I start a new job and I'm prepared and I'm this and that and da, 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 and I'm like thinking about it and I have all these plans and then I go into it and it's something completely different. I'm going to feel bad. Exactly. So like recognizing, like we want to be prepared a, a little, but not, not that much. Well, and especially if all of your prep going into this, and I've seen this is okay, I'm terrible at studying, which that's a whole, maybe even separate conversation for why that expression is maybe problematic, but say someone says, you know, I struggle with studying and I struggle with waking up in the morning and, oh my God, what am I going to do? We have to plan for how I'm going to never feel those things or how I'm going to deal with that. One that's taking the fun out of it. Yeah. And I I know depending on your age group, school might not seem fun, but there's good aspects of it. But especially if you are going into post-secondary or grad or whatever, continuing education, you chose that. There's reasons for that. And then I don't see the sense in like almost creating a panic in yourself, sort of preparing for all the aspects of it that are going to suck ahead of time when they might not even happen. They might not happen the way you think they're going to happen. And you can't predict every outcome. I see that a lot of my clients go, well, what if 
okay, this works for me and this works for me, but what if this happens? Okay, well then you'll you'll deal with it. Mm-hmm. But what if what if then this happens? You can't have sort of routine A, B, C, and D. Sometimes we just have to see what life takes us because you totally got this either way. It might suck, but like you've got this. I was just going to say, trusting that like we can be flexible and we know how to adapt. Like, I think that's a huge thing that we, we forget that we have those skills. So I love that. And I think, I guess my anti-therapy, because ours was very similar, I guess like <laughs> 0.5 is if C's gets degrees is your mindset, that is totally okay. Totally oh my okay. I tell my I tell my students this all the time. I'm like, nobody cares what your GPA is. Like literally nobody, nobody cares. Now, sometimes if somebody has like a scholarship and has to have a certain GPA or like obviously there's like caveats, but like when you go into a job, like your first job interview, they're not gonna ask you your GPA. They don't care. <laughs> mm-hmm. Even if that's your scholarship, right? If say your scholarship is 80 and above, yeah. I've had that. Your goal is not then hundred. Eighties get paid. I don't there's nothing catchy <laughs> for that. But the scholarship happens. And I think I always am met with a little bit of surprise because if I apply and see, even in a job, they'll be like, well, you know, I really like my job, but like I should, I hate the word should so much, I should be moving up. And I'll be like, why? And they'll be like, well, well be, because, because, and it's like, okay, are your bills paid? Are you living your lifestyle the way you want it to? And do you like, like your that. job? If you, so yes. I think I've talked about this on here before. Both my parents were teachers for 40 years, their whole careers. And I have asked them, why did you guys never try to go up into administration or this or that, or the other thing? And they're like, we loved being teachers. And even to this day, both my parents are retired. They like kids way more than they like adults. Mm-hmm. Like they, they're just like, that's their jam. And both of them, they're like, and you know, it was cool to see. And I think about this a lot with like, they would do different things, you know, be heads of different clubs or start different projects. Like they would move up quote unquote, but in different ways, you know? And I think we've kind of lost that art of like, you can be always improving without necessarily moving up. If you don't want to, if you want to move up and that's, you know, what you like, that's great. But if you like being a teacher, be a teacher, you know? Yeah, and enjoy it. And if you're listening to this because you're like me, and if there's a podcast episode that doesn't relate to you, but you like the show, you listen to it anyway, it's totally okay if you're not going back to school either. And it's okay if you are in the mindset of C's get degrees. And if you see, I think that if that is something that you're good at, I think encouraging to kind of break this academic culture of it's a nightmare and it's hell and you're going to hate your life, then be that person to kind of tell your friend, like, dude, we're, we're going to close the book and we're like going to go watch a movie. We're going to go rest. We're going to be done for the day because the majority of people will not be promoting that. Right. And even if you don't feel comfortable necessarily being actively involved in kind of breaking that cycle, don't feel obligated to be in the study groups that like drain you. Absolutely. 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 This is such, oh my gosh, I'm just excited to talk about this because I'm thinking about like the things in my life too, which is so helpful. So much of this is from my own experience and things I wish that I could tell undergrad me who like cried in the library once. That was like, that should have been a sign to call it a day and like go have a nap. But I didn't do that. Nope. Crying in the library means we need to just go home for the day. And that's okay. Yeah, that means you're done. All right. So I like to end the show with sharing an okay-ish moment of the past week. Just sharing. This could be, it doesn't have to relate to what we're talking about. Funny, embarrassing, Mm -hmm. whatever. I have an okay-ish moment. If you want me to start, if you don't have one, you let me know. 
I love okay-ish moments of the week. Okay. I do have one. It's, oh, awesome. It was sort of an embarrassing one and it sort of relates funnily enough. So last week we had that week-long summer intensive yeah. for school after not being in school for several years, which was exhausting. But I was practicing a little bit of what I preached and I was doing okay. So we went to, they call it the graduate house for lunch. I'd never been to campus because I've never been to the school. My program's online. And it was, it's like a pub on campus. It was great. Food, drinks, great. So I asked them how it works at the patio. And they're like, okay, so yeah, you, you pay, we give you your drink and we give you a cup number and then we bring your food out. And I'm thinking about 10 other things. And yeah. It had not been great that day. So I listened to this and I'm like, great, pay, turn around and just walk out. <laughs> and then like five minutes later, my phone goes off and my new friend that I made, she's like, you didn't pay or take your drink. You just left. And I'm like, no, I paid. And I get there and she's just standing like the poor woman is just standing there, like holding my shit. Like we just went over this. <laughs> I just told just you like, what to do. <laughs> you walked me through it step by step. And I was still like, okay, this is what happens when the self-care slaps. So then I had to very embarrassingly, because there were people in line at that point, yeah, pay and then do all the steps properly. And I was like, I'm just, I'm not going to show my face here for, yeah. for a little while. This is fine. It's okay. I'm good. Everything's fine. Nothing to look at. Everything's fine. Oh, that's hysterical. That's hysterical. So my okay-ish moment of the week was, well, in a nutshell, I hit my doctor. <laughs> I hit my doctor. Um, oh, so no. I, <laughs> so I have had, I have had some issues like finding a doctor. You know, unfortunately, mm -hmm. like doctors are so overloaded, and the healthcare system is is overloaded. Anyways, oh, you ever so want to talk about that? We'll oh yeah, about that for hours. So I find a new primary care doctor. Really, really like him. He takes the time with me. He's listening to me. Like he's really, really great. He obviously has the space for new patients, which is, mm -hmm. you know, just a win in and of itself. And so the the way we were sitting, we were kind of sitting like um, side by side, just like the way we were sitting in the exam room. We we're kind of sitting side by side and we're talking. He's asking me about my history and all this stuff. And he says something that really excited me. <laughs> And so his arm was like next to my arm. And so I didn't, I so didn't like, did I didn't like whack him, but like, <laughs> I, you know, when you like kind of grab someone by the arm, not grab, I didn't even grab him. I just kind of like tapped him on the arm and was like, oh my gosh, that's so exciting. And I like, as soon as I sat, like, I like kind of like hit him on the arm and was like, this is so exciting. This is so great. And then like, as soon as I said it, like my hands came in my mouth and I was like, <gasps> <laughs> oh, no, I just hit my doctor. <laughs> Thankfully, he, thankfully he laughed and he was like, just from knowing you for like 10 minutes, like I'm, I'm getting a, I'm getting a sense of your personality. So like, it's okay. Thank <laughs> <laughs> you so much for listening to me. <laughs> Fire me as a patient. Please don't, I need this. <laughs> Cause we do, I do that all the time. If anyone's near me, I didn't even yeah. know someone's near me. I answer, I'm like, oh, and I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah. yeah Whoops. Sorry. Physical so. excitement. So, um, you know, lesson for the week, don't, don't hit your doctor or anyone, like don't hit anyone, obviously, <laughs> but don't like excitedly tap your doctor's arm. Cause that yeah. can be, you know, misconstrued as hitting your doctor. And that's just <laughs> what happens sometimes. Sometimes. Brianna, where can people find you? If they want to hear more about you, if they want to work with you, where can people find you? Uh, yeah. So I am across most platforms as simply social work. 
the underscore might be in different places depending on the platform or they can find me on my website which also has links to my youtube channel which is the same name simply social work and on the blog and then working with me is virtually anywhere across ontario that's where awesome. i'm registered and licensed and yeah come find me come say hi and your website is simply social work yes yeah, simply social work.ca .ca. Awesome. Awesome. I am so, so excited. Thank you so much for being here. And everyone, good luck at school. Good luck with the new season. It will totally be okay-ish. It will be okay-ish and you've got this, even if it doesn't feel like it. (laughs) Thanks, Brianna. Please follow me wherever you're listening to this podcast and on Instagram at okay-ish podcast. Also, I would love it if you could rate the podcast and leave a review. The best way to get in contact with me is to go to okayishpodcast.com and submit a comment, question. You can do it anonymously too, which is so great. I will see you guys next Monday. I can't wait.